Welcome to the Thirst World Problems Podcast, where we talk about drinks, current events, music, and more. Now, here's your host, Nick Dugall, and his panel of experts, B, Bell, and the infamous Doc. All right, folks, we have a very special guest. We have Gurpreet Kaur Sidhu on the line with us. Gurpreet, thank you for coming on the pod. We really appreciate it. Um, let's start off. Yeah, no problem. Let's start off with uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm from San Jose, California, uh, born and raised. Um, I went to uh, San Jose State University and got my degree in uh, business management. Um, I grew up with a passion for writing and reading. Um, so I feel like I, that's something that I should have done right out, right out of high school. But I was like, you know, I'm going to try to please my parents and try to do something with a business and, um, you know, make a lot of money. Um, and they were expecting me to become a doctor or a lawyer. So I was like, you know, I'm going to fail in that, in that department. So let me, you know, do something in business, make a name for myself. Um, and then as the years progressed, um, you know, I got my degree. I started uh, Coley Lines with my sister. Didn't go too well. So we ended up um, wrapping that up. And then when we were actually doing that, I was writing on the side as well. Fantastic. And I was working full time. Um, and then, yeah, and then I just decided that, like, you know, if I'm going to practice, if, if I'm preaching about, you know, following your dreams and, you know, doing what makes your soul happy. I should be doing that myself. So I ended up quitting my job, um, you know, focusing on the business and then, you know, deciding that it wasn't working out and then closing that up and then finishing my book and then publishing it. And so, yeah, so that's what my life looks like to this point. Do you have, you you said you mentioned you have a sister. Is it, you just have one sister only? Yes. One younger sister. She's two years younger than I am. is, Is she a doctor or anything like that? No. Okay, I was no. going to say, because then your parents would, it would work out very well then, right? Because then you would have one doctor. <laughs> we, I've no, kind of had that, also- I've kind of had that same situation. One of my brothers is a doctor, oh, really? so yeah. So luckily one of, okay. one doctor's in the house and you don't have to get but mad is, about that. Is that positive or is it, is it like, that? are you sure that like is good for you or it's like the, is the doesn't negative just, side? Yeah, like doesn't it like, just add more pressure being like, oh, why aren't you like your brother? No, not at all. It's, okay, well, it's it's more of now they have to ask him all these questions, and uh, I don't have to answer all that, right? So, um, but not about it's not about me, you guys. We're, we have Gurpreet on the line here, okay? Um, no, okay, so, we can talk about you guys as well. <laughs> fair enough. You talked about work. How how was how did that work? Like you just decide to just quit your job. Explaining that to your parents and family is would be a little bit difficult. No, like did, were they supportive or anything like that, or were they just? Uh, um, so to be honest, um, I kind of hid it for a whole year. Oh, no. How did you do that? I was terrified because, you know, I had a good job and, um, you know, I could progress in the company and I, I had a, um, assistant manager position. So I would be working towards becoming a manager and, um, I just wasn't happy there at all and, or the way that, the way that they were running things. And then, um, so I was like, you know, I just need to do something that, you know, fulfills my soul. And I knew my parents weren't going to understand because, you know, I wasn't making like 300 grand a year to begin with. So like there's already enough pressure on like the money side. 
So I was like, you know, I'm going to quit my job and not tell them and then figure out my shit and like, you know, get this book written and published. And then, you know, I'm going to give it a year and see what happens and then I'll tell them. And then, um, come around taxes. Um, I was forced to tell my dad because, you know, he had, we would work on our taxes together. So he would find out eventually that, you know, I hadn't been working for a year. So before the tax season came around, I told him, I was like, you know, so this is what's been going on. Like I wasn't happy. I was stressed out. I had so much anxiety because my, my upper management just stuck us. So I decided to quit. And um, I just knew that you guys weren't going to understand why I quit because I had talked about it. Um, and I never got a like, good reaction from them. So it, for me, it felt right. And um, yeah, so my dad was actually pretty supportive. Um, my mom, she still doesn't know, had quit for a whole year. So she doesn't know. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Your mom still doesn't know? <laughs> she still doesn't know. No, no, no. I mean, now she knows that I, I'm not working there, but she doesn't know I had lied for a whole year. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, because she probably subscribes to this podcast, so <laughs> she's going to know for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah. very it's very hard though like even like uh, like a, in the like Punjabi community like just mental health in general like I think we're so yeah. parents are so born to just work 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 and nothing else right like for us exactly growing exactly. up right growing up you know it's it, it's a little bit different you know mentally wise it, it takes a big effect yeah. and I don't think they can connect to that sometimes but that's great for your dad though no. he he understood that which is you know kind of really rare for uh, a dad to understand something like that that's that's uh, like big big props to him so the the thing is with my dad is that he grew up in england so he had moved from india when he was um around four years old so he grew up there and he like he's a really like he's really big on dreams because he wanted to be a pilot when he was growing up and um he, he ended up becoming an engineer and then he was actually teaching um flying lessons to students and so he had like two different careers at the same time and so he always pushed us um, to, you know, pursue our dreams, but he's not a risk taker. So it's he, like, he wouldn't have understood um, in the very mm. beginning of why I, like, I let go of my job and, you know, decided to uh, pursue writing. But um, I think just because, like, he understands the passion behind something that it made it easier for, uh, for him to understand. So during this period, was your sister aware of what was going on with you? Yes, she was, she was 100% aware and um, she was 100% supportive because um, she knew exactly how it was taking a toll on me mentally. It was like a really dark place that I got, I went to, into and um, my dad doesn't know uh, the full uh, extent of that. And so, yeah, I think it, it, it was for the better that I had done that for myself, but she was super supportive. I'm I'm shocked that she didn't try to take full advantage of this for situation. No, for yeah, year. we're you know <laughs> we are really really close, like we're super close. So like everything that we do, we give each other like our hundred percent support, no matter what it is. Like she'll give me shit, but she'll be there. So um, yeah, she didn't try to blackmail me or anything <laughs> like that. Because I don't know about, I don't know about you guys, but probably within three days, my brothers would have just ratted me out already. You know what I mean? So are you serious? Oh yeah, like they that's that's how it is in my house. But Oh my god. Are you guys god. the same or, or are you guys different? No. We are really like I feel I personally feel like we were married in in our in our past life. 
that's so that's a, how like that's how close we are. That's a very interesting. Some uh, references to the book, right there. There you go. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Bill? Yeah. Are, are you, would you, does your uh, siblings would they would they rat you out? Or well, what? I wouldn't say that uh, I was married to uh, to my siblings, but we were probably uh, we were probably good buddies, maybe neighbors in a previous life. Okay. You know, uh, no. In that situation, I don't think that uh, I think, especially with siblings growing up, especially if they're younger, it's usually one of those things. Well, I'll help you get away with this because if you can get away with it, then that means I can get away with it. Oh, okay. Right. So. Right. Yeah, the oldest has to take a lot of a lot of the you know it's kind of the meat shield for the for the younger siblings there. We don't need. Meat. Yeah. B, what about you? What do you got? Uh, I would say like. <clears throat> We're we're close, but we don't really. I feel like we don't really talk about stuff. So like we know that it's there, and we know kind of what we have to do about it. But I I will never be like, hey, like, you know, we never get like emotional. I'd say to like talk about stuff like deeper. But we kind of just know that like, that's that's what has to happen. If if that makes sense. True so, Indian. You know, we live. But you, you know, we're all in the same house, and obviously everything, and we're <laughs> all you know, that that's obviously you know how it is. But we. we I think it's not really, we don't really, like, go deeper into situations, I would say. Do you think that it's because you guys are men by any chance? I'm not, I'm not trying to be sexist here, but I'm just thinking, like, is it something that's, like, tuned in a man, and like, not to talk about these kind of things? That's a good question. I would say definitely, like, uh, it has been uh, historically, okay. culturally-wise as well. Definitely, like, if, if someone were to say, no, it isn't in that context, I think that would be kind of oblivious to you know, the facts, but, um, yeah, maybe to a certain extent, but I, but I kind of consider myself being able to talk about most things. Um, like, um, girlfriend wise, or I don't know, my mom or, you know, my cousins, I feel like I've talked to them more about things than my siblings. So, um, but that's a good question. How, what do you think Nick about that? I think it has to do with the environment of the house, right? So some houses are a little bit different, but uh, some people get isolated, right? Um, like, for example, like I know, you know, both if, if people met myself and both of my brothers, they wouldn't think we're brothers, but we are because my personality is way different than theirs, right? There's a little bit more, you know, isolated and stuff. Mine's kind of, you know, more open and I can, I can express yeah, myself yeah, easily, that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, so do you, I get think a, it, do you think it makes a difference though that do you think you, being a guy for example like Gurpy was asking makes a difference in terms of how you would connect like say you had a sister for example yeah. do you think you would you would connect with her you know more than you do with your brothers because I know you've explained you know that you're more open yeah. but they're not yeah. so do you think you'd be more open with a sister or it would be the same situation because of the house i think it would it'd be the same situation i think it has to do with the household right it starts from the top i i yeah. I, I, I could be wrong with this but this is what i kind of believe i feel like it starts at the top cuz you pick and learn and see how things are with your parents right and if you see it the, that way you think that's that's the way it should be but later mm-hmm. on you try to develop your own style like you know, like my my parents have changed from when I was a kid to what it is now, night and day. It's way different, and uh, so and I, and I think that's that goes a long way, right? So, how about you, be uh, Bell? I mean, well, I think uh, it has a lot to do with age, really. I mean, we be mentioned that like it's kind of historical that you grow up a certain way, and I mean, like back in my day, I'm a bit longer in the tooth, so back in my day. 
it was kind of that thing. Like, men were men, and, you know, you kept your feelings to yourself. You went out, you did a day's job, and that was it. You go home, and that's it. You're not, cry, you're not crying about things or complaining or really mm-hmm. expressing yourself too much, right? Nowadays, though, like, and you mentioned it earlier, too, like, with the mental health movement, um, just with social media, just being able to connect to find someone that shares some of your same interests and you can express your ideas, right? And you can actually talk right. to people about things. It's changed a lot over the years where before you were a lot more isolated and yeah, and you were restricted to your environment because, and like you said, the household, because that's all that really existed for you. Right. But now you can reach out. You can go online. You can find someone that shares the exact same. Plus you do see a lot more viewpoints too, right? Like, before yeah. this, in, the internet was like it is and whatnot. I might, if I'm isolated with a thought or something, I might think about that way for the next four or five years because I, you know, A, I haven't talked to anyone about it. You haven't read anything about it. But in terms of, you know, going online, you see all different types of, you know, there could be a hundred scenarios you see a day and you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And then you can relate to that, right? Yeah. Well, Gorpreet asked a very good question there, so now I think we should probably ask her another question here to follow up. So I'm kind of curious about uh, your writing style and how that's progressed over the years. Because you said when you were younger, you really loved to write, and then you went through university and you got like a business mindset, so you graduated from a business school. But how has that changed now with the way your writing style is? Um, I Well, so I when I first started writing, it was actually in the seventh grade, and I wrote my first book. And, um, and then I wrote, um, another book. It was a self-help book, um, when I was 18, 19 years old. And so I continued to write even throughout college. Um, but I just never took it seriously. Like, um, I think because like money was such a huge thing in our household and I didn't see like becoming a journalist, um, making a lot of money. Um, so I think I had just done, um, my degree for the money but like at the end of the day you should be happy doing what you want to do so um yeah I just picked up writing again and you know took it more seriously like I finished my first movie script and so I'm looking to get it optioned and have it produced and hopefully you know uh, write more scripts and become a director so like yeah as you were going were you like were you interested in the business realm and then you were like during school were you interested in it and then that brick wall hit when you actually got to this job because of management and whatnot or are you or or are you more of that the whole time through school it wasn't something you wanted at all no it was actually the first thing what you were just saying um it it changed um after I got my uh my job as an assistant manager um so it's like yeah it was it just changed after that but like um, my mindset is still um, in is still in a business area mm. as well because I, I, what was that? Oh, I was just saying I was just like humming like hmm, like yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I still want um want to run my own business down the line. Um, so I'm always looking at different areas to get my feet wet in. But right now, it's like I'm really heavily focused on you know um, making writing my career, but. Yeah, I, it's not something that I forced myself into because out of high school, I wanted to um, become a financial advisor, but it's not something I did. But um, I had that interest there during throughout high school as well. You already made a script, like a movie script for it? Yes, yeah. yes. I just finished um, writing it. And so um, I'm working on getting the query letter, which you have to send out to production companies. Mm-hmm. 
if you ever need any uh, actors or side roles, you know, we're, we're always available. <laughs> just saying, just throwing that out there. Writing some Canadian roles into, uh, into the script. I, I would, I would definitely do that. Like, I think that, um, you know, we don't have a lot of Punjabi uh, people in the entertainment field, um, especially Sikh Punjabi. So, um, I'm, you know, I want to make roles for that. So that way we can, you know, uh, show the world who we are and who we stand, what we stand for, because, you know, there's always that misconception about, um, who we are and like wearing like the turban, like, you know, people confuse us as Muslims or Hindus. So I think it'd be such a good thing for, uh, for me to write roles for people like us that way, like when people see, us on the big screen you know they get more interested and they're like oh you know i saw this person playing as this person and you know who who is this you know stuff like that let's talk about the book uh storm how how long have you had that story in your mind and how long did it take for you to kind of lay it all out and publish it um I start, it was right when I started university, actually, I started writing it as a, uh, as a drama. Mm-hmm. So I was like, um, I want to uh, create a TV show based on that idea. And I had written my first episode and I sent it out and, um, one of the agents came back and was like, we want to see more of your work. But I, I didn't work on the second episode or the third and I didn't really know exactly how, uh, the entertainment industry works like when you send out your work like what what else are they going to be expecting from you and so starting like my first year of college I, I was like over overloaded with work and I was like you know I don't have the time to write um, like a whole series so I'm going to take that idea and turn it into a book because I've done that before so throughout college all four and a half years um, I worked on that and then Three years three years later, um, I had finished it and I had submitted it for editing, and then um, it took it took a total of eight years to get it um, ready for publication. Wow, eight years—that's unreal. Yeah. So, did you ever have like like writer's block or anything at times, or did you just kind of like? No, I yeah, like I did. Like there was a point in time where I was like, "Is this even worth uh, my time?" Um, and then like, I took, like, I started to research about like, you know, how to get rid of writer's block and all that stuff. And then, um, I would, you know, write about different things that had nothing um, to do with the storyline. So that helped me to get back into that ring, um, of writing storm. And then, um, uh, yeah. So like, I think I had that experience once when I was writing the first book. So Thankfully, um, I haven't had that experience in writing the second one, but I think it really sucks because when, when you get into that mode, you're just like, you don't want to do anything and you know that you need to finish it, but you have no uh, motivation. So it kind of really sucks. But then when you, when you get back into it, it's, you know, it's like you never left. So now after overcoming that hurdle and just writing a book for just under a decade, can you take us back to the first day all the emotions that you felt when you released the book? It was, it was surreal because I never thought that it would happen. And, um, I was nervous because people would be reading something that I created in my own mind and, um, like the feedback, you know, I was scared about what people would uh, say about the book. And then there was also this part of like people not knowing that I wrote because I had kind of kept that hidden from everybody. Like I never talked about it on social media or anything. 
Um, the first time anybody even knew I was writing was when I announced the fact that like uh, Storm was available for pre-order. Um, so it was it was crazy. It was um, I cried. Um, I was happy. I was nervous. I felt like all the emotions that you can think of. I'd be carrying that book everywhere. And just be like, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, this thing. Uh, this is my book that I just came up. So, were, so were there any reactions of like your friends being like, "Oh, so this is what you were doing," or "Oh, so this is why, why you were so busy" or anything like that? That's why you skipped the party last um, week. Yeah, like it was because I sacrificed a lot of time, so they kind of understood why. But I think sometimes even now they don't understand because I think you have to. You know, you have to be in that person's shoes to understand how much time and work and effort goes into writing. And so, um, yeah, I did get that. And they like, they kind of understood why I, I was kind of absent for such a long time. Um, and I'm also really like, um, I have a lot of drive. So like, if I put my mind to it, I'll do it like 100%. And like, I won't care about anything else. Like, no, so I'll like give up my social life to do that because if I feel like in my heart, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I'll give it a hundred percent, even more than that. But yeah, they were um, kind of, uh, they were surprised. And then the fact that it's a, um, it's a psychological thriller, they kind of look at me like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> you write thrillers, like you look, you're such a sweet human being, but you write that. Yeah. Can you let us, let the listeners know uh, maybe a slight summary? Because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, so that way they can be like, you know, it sounds pretty cool, let me go get the book or let me look into it. Basically, it's about um, Evan Storm. He's a main character. He uh, begins to remember, uh, like, little snippets of his previous life. And um, he was this abusive um, husband um, who had a lot of power. He was a lawyer, and he was really popular in his town. And so he was trying to, he's trying to figure out like why he remembers this part of his previous life and what that means because he really believes that there's something there that he needs to figure out and everybody around him thinks that he's just crazy. And then um, when his new neighbor moves in, um, he meets her for the first time. He realizes it's actually his wife from his previous life. Oh my God. So like everything begins to make sense for him, but he has no idea that like getting involved with her is going to, you know, put him and his whole family in danger. And there's like parts of his, um, his life in the present time. Um, you know, there's some answers that, um, come to, come to life. I guess you can say like, there's some secrets that were hidden, um, by his grandma and so there's like things that he starts to learn about his childhood that he had no idea and and where can everyone where can everyone uh get the get the book from um you can get it from amazon it's available there um barnes and noble um they have it here in and in the states you just have to check to make sure that they have it in stock um because it was just accepted into their program so like you can get the actual copy in their store before it was like on demand print. But um, I think in Canada, I think the best that would be like ebook or Amazon. I don't know if chapters has it, but um, definitely look into that too. We'll definitely if, take a look. We'll, like. We're probably going to yeah. grab it, cop it ourselves here. That's Thank fantastic. You. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. And like you mentioned that, um, well, I don't think you mentioned, but like, are you like, you're working on a sequel, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm working on a sequel right now. And, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to market the first one and then write a screenplay and then write the sequel. 
So I'm like, it's really tough for me to juggle all that, but I'm working on t- on the sequel and I'm hoping um, to have it released um, early next year. How far are you into the, the sequel right now? I would say I'm halfway done, but um, I think that I'm going to have to go back and add more stuff into it. So um, according to my, uh, my draft, I'm halfway through, but I think it's going to, I'm going to have to go back and add a lot of stuff that I missed out. Do you decide the title of the book at the beginning, at the in the middle, or do you finish the whole thing and then think about what you're going to name? When I started it, it was actually um, a whole different title. And then when I sent it to my editor, um, she didn't think it fit the, it, uh, the, it fit the book. So we had to like uh, play around with different titles. And um, it was towards the end, like after it was done um, being edited, that like we you know kind of brainstormed to figure out something that would fit for the whole series as well because you have to take that into account like it's not a standalone novel so um it was for this one it was towards the end where I was like you know I think um storm it's, it's a catchy name and then um the tagline is a course to remember kind of gives a, a little hint of what to expect but for the second one, I think I already have the title for it. And I think um, I'm going to stick to it, hopefully. So it sounds like you're very, very busy. But there must be something yeah. that you do when you get a little bit of free time. I do make time uh, for the gym. Um, I'm trying really hard to, uh, you know, set some time for, like, family and, like, just going out. Because I suck at, like, living in the present. Like, you know, it's just, like, I, I don't really... I don't really live in the moment. Like, you know, like if somebody were to say, let's go and go for a hike or let's go drive down to the city. Me, normally it would be like, no, I can't. But now it's just like, I feel like, you know, life is really short and like the last couple of years have flown by. So like, I really want to take the time and like um, enjoy life and still be able to like, you know, dedicate myself to my work. A good friend of mine has told me to try to eliminate the word no out of your vocabulary. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Right before they asked you for money? And then I said no. (laughs) (laughs) It was a hard no. (laughs) Yeah, it was a hard no, hard pass on that. (laughs) So do you have any, like, I'm not going to, that's going to be a very open question, but do you have any, like, embarrassing stories regarding, like, going out to eat or anything like that? Or Yeah, I I actually do. Um, I think, like, you get, um, so I'm vegetarian. And I don't know if you guys are, but, um, you know, I've never had meat in my entire life. So, um, we went out to eat one time. Um, it was during my cousin's, um, bridal shower event kind of thing. Um, we went to the cheesecake factory and we had, we had gone there before and I, I would get the portobello, uh, mushroom burger. And so when we went that time, um, it had been years after, um, I saw it on the menu and I didn't even like bother to look uh, to see what was in it. So I was like, um, when the waiter came around, I was like, I'm going to get the portobello mushroom burger. And so she goes, um, do you want it medium rare or rare? And I was like looking at her, like it didn't make sense to me. Like, why would she ask me um, of how to cook the mushroom? So I was like looking at my cousin and then she answers for me. She was like, uh, medium rare. And I was like, okay. So I didn't think anything of it. So she goes around the table and she gets everybody's orders and then we're just like talking, having a good time. When our food comes, I'm looking at my burger and I was like, oh my God, this looks so amazing. I take a picture of it and I'm like, take okay, it's time for me to eat. <laughs> you take a picture of it. <laughs> and I'm the type of person that like, if you were to like 
go out and eat with me, I get really, really silent for the, like, the last 10 minutes because I'm just so excited to see my food. It's like, it's like I'm having a one-on-one with my food. That's what it is. And I get really quiet. Like everybody's talking and they're just like repeats not talking. I just love to enjoy my food. So I'm just like super excited. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm hungry too. And so after I take the picture, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to dig in. And I take my bite. And I look at, when I take my bite, I look at the my bite and there's like red. I see red. And I was like, what is that? And I'm like showing everybody at the table. I'm like, what is this? Like, this does not look like a mushroom. And then um, I'm chewing on it. And then the waiter comes back and she's asking us if everything's okay. And I was like, um, what is this? Like, is it, I don't think it's supposed to be pink. She's like, oh, that's a meat patty. We have that on top of the mushroom. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So I spit it out and I go wash my mouth and um, she apologizes, but it turns out that they started adding the meat patties into the uh, portobello mushroom. So that was the first time I had meat. <laughs> it tasted good. Wow. Right? Did it taste good? The, the picture thing gets me. The no, I didn't, I didn't follow it. But, but it was, you know, it was good, right? It was it taste buds No, okay. What I, what I love about this story. I'm just trying to get it out. <laughs> what I love about this story is she took a picture. Please tell me you posted it right away. So now everyone knows that no, you're scarfing down this burger. No, I, I didn't because I was just too excited to eat it. I'll, I'll post it later. So so what's your favorite Punjabi food? Punjabi food? Oh, God, I love Shai Paneer. Like, I love that. And Shole Pakure. I love those. Amazing. Hands down. Ditto. What about uh what about like a sweet sweet? Um let's see. Love jamun, oh. Ras Malai. Yes. Take your no, no, yeah, that's Take I think that's pick. the only thing I like. Yeah, it's really good. I my mom makes bomb as a glob jamun. Californian style glob jamun. Yeah. Have you guys have you guys been to California? I have, yes. Oh you have? Yeah, okay. I think we all have. I was there yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. It's great. What's the, your favorite part about living out in California? Um Let's see. Other than the fact that it's really expensive, um, I think the diversity. Like, I think people are really nice. Like, uh, for me, like, in my experience, I feel like I've had such a good experience living here. Um, you know, I experienced racism to, to a very little, like, very minimal. So um, I think it's just the diversity and people, um, you know, wanting to learn about other cultures. And because, you know, we live in a neighborhood where it's uh, very diversified, that thing just comes natural to people. Um, and then, like, the views, they have, like, we have really good views here. Um, where I live, you can see the mountains. So it's really nice when you drive down, you can see the mountains. Um, there was, like, snow on top of the mountains, like, a month ago. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like the views, the, um, there's a lot of great food down South. So, um, that, and then I think, yeah, I think that would be it. Like the views and the food and the people. I think I'm I'm willing to pay a little bit more just to have it summer all year round. Agreed. You were. Agreed. Well, I said, I'm, I'm willing to pay a little bit more money because here like cost of living is very low. So, uh, yeah. But obviously, California is a little bit higher. I'm saying just because you guys are normally it's summer there all the time. Technically, uh, I'd rather pay a little bit more just to live where it's summer all the time. Or deal with minus forty. Oh. So. Oh yeah, you guys didn't you guys just have like a snowstorm like uh, a couple weeks ago? Pretty much. I don't know. Know, but, uh, Let's talk about this whole Kardashian thing. I feel like you must know some information on this. 
What are your thoughts? Well, I, mean, I don't know them personally. I don't know. You'd be, everyone in California knew each other. Yeah, that's, you'd be surprised <laughs> on how some people just know so much about people that they never meet. But what I'm trying to get at is how much, how, how much publicity do you think Kardashians are getting and, you know, Jordan Woods and all this? Do you think it's just too much and, you know, our, our lives are not that, uh, you know, ongoing compared to them? And, like, what are, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Um, I think just in general, I feel like the Kardashians get a lot, too much attention. Um, like even the whole like Kylie Jenner being on Forbes uh, and then, you know, being uh, called a self-made uh, billionaire. I think that's a stretch um, because she was born into wealth in a way. And, you know, she had a lot of help. So and the whole Jordan Woods thing, um, I just think like, you know, if you know, if you cheat on somebody with somebody else and then it happens to you, it's kind of expected, you know, like, you know, you kind of deserve that. But at the same time, I think it sucks because she was part of their family, you know, Kylie, being Kylie Jenner's um, roommate and best friend. Um, I think that hurts more because you don't expect your family um, to kind of stab you in the back that way. Do you, do, and then, you, do you think this is an act like regarding for the show or do you think this is like um, actually happening? I honestly, Sneaky. you know, I'm trying, I'm, I really, I thought about that and I watched um, Jordan Woods um, interview with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, I, I, I don't know. I can't say, I can't put up my finger on it. Like I can't figure out whether it's like a publicity stunt or if it's like, you know, it genuinely happened and you know, she's genuinely sorry and they're genuinely upset. So I, I don't, I can't put my finger on that. What do you guys think? Cause how often do celebrities do things without, it's kind of more of like, Hey, remember me? Like, Hey, look at me, everyone kind of thing. Right. I feel like that's what the whole yeah. celebrity deal does. But Belle, what do you, what do you think on this? Well, I'm thinking it might be one of those things where, I mean, they live completely different lives and different moral codes. It seems so this thing might've happened. But then they like right away the machine is ready to capitalize on it, right? Like you know, how they always say, "There's no no press is bad press." So I'm thinking that yeah. no matter what happens in this situation, they're ready to capitalize on it. Like if Jordan had pushed Tristan away and was like, "No, never," then that would have got leaked to the media. No, never, right? And then that <laughs> got leaked to the media, and they would have had like a new <laughs> lipstick line of like best friends or BFF lipstick oh. or something featuring oh, yeah. the two of them or something, right? Like I think they're just That's prepared for, for the twist. Yeah. You really think that's actually happening, though? Like, I think that the the moment the news is going to get released, they're well aware of what's going out there, and then they're ready to pounce on whatever this. You like, think it's spin that it. much of I like a, ready to spin it? You think it's that much of like a structure where they're thinking that out? That I think I think they've got that, people I, right. They've got people whose whole job is right. Like all these kids coming out of university, yeah. it's their job to be like, okay, what can we do? It's not like it's not there. It's not only that they are sitting there dealing with this situation that comes up, but their team is made aware of it, right? Because they're trying to always control the press. And they're and it's not just yeah. like they're calling up one person being like, okay, well, what are we going to do about this, Cynthia? Like, put, let's put a spin on this. They're going to be like, okay, we're doing about this office. Like, she, these are people that are self-made billionaire, right? So we're talking billions of dollars. You're going to have a team for almost anything yeah, that comes up sure, and not yeah. just one Sounds like you used to work for TMZ over here. I'm putting my application back in. <laughs> That's crazy. But I feel like I feel, this is why I really think I think it actually happened, but they're 
what is it? Their uh, PR basically said, hey, let's capitalize on this. And very similar to what you just said, let's uh, let's make the best out of it, right? So, you know, I think they're probably just, maybe she probably didn't even care that she's gone, whatever. But she yeah. probably turned it on there thinking like, hey, this is what you did for me. You know what I mean? Like you kind of turned your back on me. It's a good story in the end, really. So also one of the questions we were going to ask you um, was about Trump. So I want to get your <laughs> thoughts on that because just because it seems like you're very open um, and you would definitely consider yeah. both sides, even though I don't think there's, you know, quote unquote, great people on, you know, each side or whatever he said, or whatever situation was. And California is very, it's kind of like their own America in terms of po- a political structure and stuff. So how... How how do you think of Trump? Like, is there anything that you're open to with, you know, his policies and stuff? Or, or what's that situation about? Do you have a windmill in the back of your house? <laughs> no. Okay. I, I don't, I genuinely don't like anything that comes out of that guy's mouth. Like, it's, I think it's just all rubbish. Like, whatever he says. Um, he he doesn't know how to talk to the press or to the people. And, um, there hasn't been something that I'm just like, Oh, you know, he's made a good point. So like, I, I don't know. I just, I think like, you know, he's kind of divided our country and, you know, he's brought more racism out into light because the way he speaks about people and to people, the people out there that who, um, you know, low key feel the same way about him. I mean, about that. Um, you know, they feel like it's okay to, um, you know, be more vocal. And then, you know, you've seen all the stuff that's that's happened. Um, it's just like, he's just not a great leader and he's not fit to run the country, but yeah, he's still there. I think with like a lot of elderly people, the way they talk about back in the day, that was the norm, but now it's, you know I mean? You know, some, there's some words they use it, but nowadays kind of like keywords, keywords kind of turns. You yeah, in. and you can't and you can't use that anymore, right? And I think that's what yeah, he does. I think yeah. I think he's so accustomed to the way he talks, he thinks it's normal, but everyone else knows but, it's not a normal thing to say, right? But the thing is that, like, you know how you guys said about like the Kardashians, like they have somebody for everything, right? Like he has a whole team who can tell him that this is not politically correct to say in the public eye. You know, but he doesn't, you know, obviously he's not listening because he says stuff anyways. So I just think that even though if he were, you know, the, from the older generation where like it was okay to say those things, um, you know, he has people that will tell him that you cannot say this in, in this day and age. But yeah, he'll still do it. Well, the thing with him is like there's a lot of reports and stuff that because presidents, presidents get briefings every morning, like early morning, like you know, 7 a.m., 6 a.m. type yeah. thing. And they have a bunch of articles and stuff on their desk. And, you know, they're from all different outlets because the president's supposed to know all facets of opinion and, you know, left to right across the whole spectrum. And essentially, he basically he basically picks and chooses exactly what he wants before he even looks the title. It, all, it is right. is who, all it is is who the media outlet is. And if he sees, I don't know, for example, see he sees Fox News on the article page. He doesn't even have to read it, and that's the one he's going to read. So he only listens to one side of it, right? And apparently, like, there's a lot of reports and stuff that, like, he, like, 
I can't even like. Is this even hard to say? It's like he <laughs> apparently the situation is that he just watches TV like most of the, like, yeah. the work day. Yeah, that's what I heard. Like, it's, I think sixty percent of his time is devoted to TV, and that's where he gets his news from. I think, and then golfing. That's another thing <laughs> where, <laughs> and then he, yeah, golfing. He's watching TV in the White House, dude. <laughs> like, okay, I let's. I'm gonna explode. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, in the end, I think we everything goes in a circle, right? I think we had its we had its peak at one point. Now we're at a we're at our lowest point, and I think from now on, it's it might peak go. again though, man, because it's, it's elections coming pretty quick. Again, I, I feel like we're at our lowest point, and the only way is up, yeah. right? So yeah. everything everything goes up in the end when you're at your lowest point, when you're at rock bottom, right? But no, like it's 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 a crazy world that. You know, someone like him just kind of shows you can get away with a lot of things, and yeah, and, exactly. And and I feel you know people get so upset with what he says, and then the next week he'll say something else, then people forget. It becomes it starts becoming the norm, right? It's the norm, and then yeah. you don't you, yeah. you don't think of it out as outrageous anymore. It's like right. like now now for example, like if I talk about Trump or I tell someone something at like work or at school or something, like honestly. When I say it, it seems so mind blowing to me. But when I say it to someone, it's like they've heard it so many times. Where now it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm I'm just gonna chill on my phone. Like no one, no one cares. And it's like he kind of knows that. Like you kind of keep pounding this fact home, 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 and then eventually it's like psychologically you're just like, okay, I I don't really care anymore. Yeah, because you get so tired of like everything and people stop becoming phased by it. Like, you know, like I used to read a lot of comments. They're just like, every time something else comes up, they're like, you know, you think that it wouldn't get worse, but it does. And then it's because of what he says or he mocks somebody, you know? So I think like, I'm with you. Like I, like I'm right now, it's just like now, like it can't get any worse. Like that's how I see it. Like, you know, we've already experienced the worst, like, you know, whatever he can do or say, like, I don't think it can get any worse from there. Well, yeah, the main thing I usually say is, like, you know, there shouldn't be anyone in the presidency that was, you know, on live on WWE um, shaving, you know, Vince McMahon's head. So that's that's kind of where <laughs> I, I stand. But, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's your president. I know. I know. That's, that's your oh, like, team. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, Gurpreet, this is the the time of the show where we ask the tough questions here. We're going to run you through what we call the gauntlet, and it's just a series of rapid okay. fire questions. So it's just the first thing that pops in your head, and just oh, give dear. us an answer, and uh, and we'll go from there. Okay. All right. So, what's your favorite Disney character? Oh shit! Um. Oh my god, I can't even think of one of one right now. My my mind is. I'm going to say Dumbo because I just watched the movie yesterday. Is it good? Um, no. Oh, whoa, okay. <laughs> but Dumbo himself, he was good. You gotta go Mickey Mouse. No, he was so cute. Like, he was so cute. But I just feel like um, the movie, like, I kind of, like, started, I dazed off for a little bit. I started daydreaming, and then I came back into the real world. And then I just didn't, I just felt like the movie. And the credits could've... came down. <laughs> and, the, and the credits, yeah, I was like, oh, it's done? <laughs> um, it could have been, uh... Uh, been different I think it could have been better but um, I loved how they portrayed him like it was really cute and like his um, 
you know, his, uh, uh, there's like, you know, important message that you can do, uh, what you put your mind to, um, by letting go of fear. And so like, you know, you saw that throughout the movie, but, um, I'm not a big fan of this one. Fair enough. Okay. Our, our buddy here, B is just about to embark on a big milestone in his life. He's about to go to college. So what's one of your favorite college moments? Um, college moments. Shit. Um, oh God, I, damn, this is hard. Um, maybe like going to college the first day and scratching my car because I couldn't park properly. <laughs> Did you leave a note? <laughs> no, I, oh my God, this is oh. embarrassing. It was, it she wasn't even part. No. <laughs> It was actually the wall, like the wall. I <laughs> hit the wall. <laughs> Came out of nowhere, I guess. <laughs> no, I just couldn't see, like I, like my perception of the wall and where my car was. I couldn't. I thought I had it, but I didn't. Obviously, uh, a guilty pleasure song of yours. Um, I don't have one. Okay. I really don't. A couple. Okay. Of... Well, maybe maybe Justin Bieber, like any of his songs. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. He's Canadian, by the way. What about Punjabi? Yeah. What Punjabi, about Punjabi? Uh, uh, that one. Ooh, classic. Great classic. <laughs> uh, tell us about your first kiss. Um, you. I'm really religious, so I haven't had my first kiss. Respect. What? Who would you rather be friends You're with? You're hardcore judging me, huh? Oh no, I'm just trying to find my next question. You gotta scroll down quicker on that thing. Man. Yeah. You should be prepared. <laughs> I got a list here. I'm trying to pick out the best I'm, ones. I'm literally watching him, and he's he has a huge list, and he can't pick one out of the questions here. And they're all so good. Oh, who would you rather be friends with, Barbie or Jim? Barbie or what? Jim from Jim and the Holograms. Oh, I never even heard of that person. No. I never heard of that. Like you're showing your no, age. You're just showing, showing your, your age. age oh. Is that is that her name? Um, okay, what's one of your pet peeves? <laughs> uh, people eating with their mouth open. Dinosaurs or robots? Dinosaurs. What's something that you miss doing from your childhood? Um, coloring. Uh, what's the meanest thing you said to someone? That's actually a really good that, answer. That's, that's <laughs> a really good answer. Wait, 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 wait. Let me follow up. Pencil crayons or or uh, or just normal crayons? Uh, normal, normal crayons. Really? Hmm. That's judging right there. <laughs> I, I gotta go because pen, pencil crayons you can go a little more fine tune, you know. Get in. No, that's yeah, that's true. But I just like the texture of the uh, the regular crayon. Good point. Because crayons, you only have a limit. Right? There's only so much potential yeah. you could do with a crayon, but a pencil yeah. crayon, like you could go all out. You could, and it shows your true that's, skill. That's true. <laughs> Coloring, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> I actually really liked it. You got one last one? One last one. What is something that you look back on and embarrassed about now? Um, I think when I um, told this guy I had a crush on him. And he was this like snobby guy and he wasn't all that good looking, but I think I just needed to get it out there. And so I told him and then I kind of regretted it. So that's kind of embarrassing because he went on and thinking that, oh, you know, like 
she had a crush on me and so like I gave him an ego boost and so that's kind of embarrassing for me because he's not all that. <laughs> that's great. Where could everyone uh, follow you, Gurpreet? And uh, maybe just, just do a little um, plug there. My, uh, Instagram is uh, Gurpreet K Sidhu 316. Why, why is it 316? Austin 316, obviously. Oh, what's well, my birthday? Oh, it's your birthday. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Crazy, crazy. Nice. So, uh, where else is it? Do you have like Twitter or anything like that as well? Yeah. Uh, Twitter is, um, it's Gurpreet K. Sidhu. Um, I don't have the 316 at the end. Um, Facebook, uh, my book account is uh, The Storm Series, facebook.com slash The Storm Series. And um, yeah, those are the only three that I'm actually on. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Well, I'm gonna, thanks for I'm actually gonna, Yeah, I'm actually going to follow you right now here. And um, when you come out with the sequel, you know, and the movie, we'll we'll definitely uh, get you back on the on the podcast, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah, that would be fun. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for listening to the Thirst World Problems Podcast. For more exclusive content, follow us on Instagram at Thirst World Pod. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share.